Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to Just the Sip. Today, I am bringing on someone who is not afraid to bear it all. And she does it inside and outside of the wrestling ring. Her name is Leah Vandell, and you may know her from WWE and Total Divas, but she is here to talk about her brand new podcast, Bear With Us, that's out every Thursdays. Please welcome Miss Leah Vandell. Oh, what an introduction, by the way. But, so just so you know, when other <laughs> podcast people come on, I have to step my game up. You know what I mean? Right, right. For sure. You gotta step your game up, but also when somebody comes on that has a little bit of expertise of something that we have been talking about, you know, so frequently in quarantine is relationships. So you started a podcast called Bear With Us with your boyfriend, Matt Polinsky. How did that come about? I mean, I'm so excited that this even happened. This was never a thing, like it was never supposed to be a thing, but we can thank quarantine for this because that's why we're in the position we're in now. Um, I mean, we were quarantining together and we we're just so bored. So like one night we're having drinks and I was like, you know what we should do? Like maybe tomorrow we should do a little talk show on my Instagram. And he was like, I thought he for sure was gonna be like, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. But he was like, okay. And again, he had been drinking. So I'm like, is he gonna remember in the morning that like he agreed to do this? <laughs> Like 10 a.m. rolled around. And he's like, are we ready to do it? I'm like, hell yeah. Like, let's do it. Um, so we just kind of like started this little talk show we did on my Instagram live. And he started making these. He started comparing what really made it like a thing was he started comparing our sex life to pandas and made it seem like he didn't want to mate with me in quarantine. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, and he didn't realize it was coming out of his mouth that it was like insulting. He just thought it was okay. We're in quarantine. We're together all the time. And then it got picked up by all of these news sites and it turned into this huge thing. And I'm like, oh, I'm great. And all the entire world knows that you don't want to have sex with me. So that's cool. <laughs> by the way, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life because I know girlfriends who are like, I can't even run from my man because he can't give his hands off me. Most couples revert to the other side. Why do you think that you went from a healthy, healthy sex life right. to... I don't want to touch you right now. Well, I don't know. I mean, I was, I feel like I was like your friends. I was like, this was appalling to me. I was like, cause I'm like throwing myself at him. Cause I'm like, you know, so bored all the time. Like let's, you know, but for whatever reason he, like I, apparently pandas don't like to mate when they're in captivity and that's what he compared that. it to. So, and I was like, well, can you just clarify this for everyone and know like, it's nothing that I'm doing wrong. Okay. It's, this is on your <laughs> end, dude. <laughs> 
So then, oh my God, it would just turn into this whole thing. So then like our friends and everyone started, you know, asking us these relationship questions on the show. So we're like, maybe this is a thing. And then we just decided, no, let's just do a podcast. But what happens? Because you guys have been together for three years. No, it's only been a year. We've been together. It's only been a year. Oh, it's only been a year. Yes. Yes. Only been a year. Even worse. Because if you're only been together for 12 months and some change, (laughs) bitch, you should be popping the coochie all the time in the words of two live crew. Yes. Okay. So he later apologized and realized what he said sounded a little um, insensitive. And he just... Like two days later, it was remedied. So it was literally maybe like a two or three day stint that we went. But I guess because we're we're so used to having this very healthy sex life, so to go from like you know keeping it exciting and doing all of yeah. this sexy stuff, and then all of a sudden now we're just in our sweatpants every day. So I think maybe that was like a little shocking for him. I'm gonna give him that, but come on, dude. Yeah. I love that you were like, I've been wasting my time this whole time pulling out the La Perla, doing X, Y, and Z, and you didn't even want like, this. What? But it's so crazy that your mind automatically went to, please let people know that it's not me. Because I think a lot of times when sex lives and couples go downhill, they blame the woman. That the woman loses interest. Or the woman, there's something wrong with the woman. Why is that you think that in society that we automatically... Even as women, because I'm a woman, right. I'm, like, I'm a woman on the inside. Even yeah. as women, we're like, what did I do wrong? Right. And that's, I don't know. I just think it's something that we do as a society. It's like you think, oh, the man, you know, he has a sex drive. And the woman, it's like, we're just kind of there to satisfy the man. But uh-uh, honey, it, it doesn't work like that over here. Because <laughs> I'm like, look, I'm looking at you, boo. And look, I'm a gay man. But those quarantine nails, those roots are popping. I see the low cut top. <laughs> like you are giving me you some gotta do good whatever vibes. you gotta do you know how old is your man 36 so he's a young dude yeah and he's gonna be so embarrassed listening to this now like come on that wasn't like a thing but it's just like you know the internet the internet blows everything up so like he said one little thing sort of it was a joke and then it yeah. turns into this whole thing he's like you think i don't have sex with my girlfriend come on but you know you know how the internet works what's been the hardest topic that you guys had to tackle um as a couple on this podcast so so far we're trying to keep it pretty light we've had i think this may have been five or six episodes out so it's still very it's new um but i don't there's a lot of stuff we want to dive into that we're just trying to wait because we don't want to make it too heavy to begin with you know okay well hold on let me ask you this since it's light right now what's the one thing that you know you're going to have to dive into but you're hesitant to do it well, for sure. I mean, how we came out to the world, we came out with this bogus story in the New York Coast because he's divorced. So yes. he, his ex, you know, put these allegations out there that were not true. And we were actually filming Total Divas at the time. So I was grateful that I was able to, you know, show my side of the story yeah. and the truth that actually was real. Um, so I know people are asking a lot about that. And he has kids. And, you know, what's it like for me to, you know, come into this life with this man that now has three young children? And that's definitely something we want to dive into and talk to. But we just, we don't want to get there yet. You know, we want to Yeah. Wait. Well, woman to woman, like, you don't have to give me all of it. Um, but I've known people, celebrities who have been, um, painted as the other woman Mm -hmm. and they can't tell their stories. What was it like sitting back knowing that all of these things were said about you and no matter what you said, you couldn't get away from it for a period of time. 
It was honestly, it was super difficult. I've, I mean, I've been in the public eye, but I've never been to a point where, you know, stories or allegations are coming out. I didn't think I was even on a level to where people would care about things like that. So now and, you're famous. You know, now you're you know famous. What I mean? <laughs> so like for something like that, that to come out, I mean, it was difficult. And because I couldn't say my side right away, because I couldn't, you know, fight back, it was just like, I was getting death threats. I was just getting, you know, all these awful things said about me. my grandmother's calling me like, what is this? You're on the New York post about, you know, wrecking a home. And I'm like, no, like, this is not the case. Like, no, it was, it sucked. You know, I'm not going to lie. Did you ever feel the need to, because I told my friend, I was like, you know what? You should just call her and you should just say, look, I would never, because, you know, sometimes hearing it from a woman is different than what goes on in your head. Did you yeah. ever feel like you wanted to call her and just set the record straight because it was kind of a misunderstanding? Well, there was no record to set straight. You know, they were already in the process of a divorce. He was living on his own. It's not like they were just, you know, together living this happy life. And I decided, you know what, let me just come in. And it wasn't like that. But that was the picture that was painted. And then later it comes out, you know, oh, they weren't living together. They had, they're already in the process of their divorce. It wasn't anything like what the picture that was painted about me. So yeah. I just kind of felt like I... I didn't, I knew I didn't need to defend myself, but I just wish that at the time people knew the truth. 100%. But you did get vindication because you did get to tell your side of the story on Total Divas. Yeah, which I was very grateful. I'm like, oh, bitch, you have no idea. These cameras are here. Like, the truth I am is ready. Like, oh, honey, yes. Um, another thing that you mentioned was dating a man with three kids. A lot of women say, oh my God, I don't want to date a man with baggage. I don't know if I can be a man with ex wife and three kids. Were you one of those women before you met Matthew? I wasn't necessarily one of those women, but I was a girl who grew up, you know, wanting this, you know, perfect life. I want to grow up, find a man, get married, have children. And that was like something I was, I want to be a mother. And that's something I've always wanted. I always imagined having children of my own. Um, but I just feel so strongly about him. I love him so much. And I just like, there was nothing that was going to, I mean, if we got past that whole, this was in the very beginning of our relationship when all of these allegations were coming out, we had just started dating. What a way to start a relationship. Right. So he was like, if you leave me right now, I totally get it. You know, like, and I felt so bad that he would even think that like but to me he's so worth all of the bull that we went through and i adore his children and this wasn't something i ever envisioned for my life but now that i'm in this life i couldn't imagine it any other way 100 percent. i like a man with kids because yeah. i always say that when you meet a man who has kids you already know what kind of person they are by what kind of dad they are yes like i was in love with him from the beginning right but then when i saw him with his kids that made me love him in such a different way than i've ever loved any man before i was just like wow like he's such an incredible incredible father it, like it's melt melts my heart the only fear i have <laughs> With dating a man with kids, because it's happened to me before. Okay. And I had to learn the hard way because everybody warned me. A lot of people warned me about it, but I was so young and I was so dumb and I was in love and I thought I was going to be like the perfect stepmom, like <laughs> Julia Roberts in <laughs> Stepmom. And I was going to fight with his ex-wife. Um, <laughs> but my one fear, and it's a real fear, is that you meet a man, he has three kids, and then when it comes time for you to want another child, he says, well, I've already done that in my life. 
Sure. Does does that thought ever cross your mind? I was worried about that in the very beginning because I didn't want to be like, oh, you have three kids, but I want a kid. I, that was I didn't want to like you know. Bombard him. Yeah, bombard him. Exactly. In and the then, first six months, you never right. want to. But you got to know it. Exactly. Because I'm putting in all this work here. And then if you don't want a kid, like that's not going to fly with me. Um, but he's so open to it. For him, he's like, whatever you want. If you want a kid, that's great. If you don't, I'm fine too. So he's like leaving the ball in my court on that. So he's just the best. Even lately, I've been thinking, you know, what? I I love his children so much. Like maybe I maybe I don't need a child of my own. Like to me, like I love you know having his kids around and being around his kids. So I'm just kind of going with the flow. No plans, no idea what the future holds. I love that. You know, I'm 32. Oh, me too. Oh, good. Oh, we're the same age. Yes. Um, I'm 32. I'm very ambitious, and um, there's something about a relationship where. I think people aren't having those hard conversations early on in their relationships. Like, I truly believe, like, if I'm going to be with somebody for three months, we can have those hard conversations immediately. Not too hard, but right, like, we right. can slowly start to have them. The one conversation I find it hard to have with the guys that I'm dating is about finances. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. So you're dating a guy. You mm -hmm. also are multi-hyphenated when it comes to businesses. You have a wine <laughs> line. You're like an entrepreneur. You're, you, you know, you're on a TV show. Mm -hmm. You're a performer. How do you have those like delicate conversations about how much money you make and where your money should be allocated and all of these things? Like, how does that come up? So that's something that for me, like you said, I'm, a, I'm an independent woman. I make my own money. I'll never have to rely on a man for money. And I love it that way. My money is my money and I can spend my money on whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Me, I just feel like, and I've just been so independent my entire life. I've never had to be like, oh, like, do you mind if I spend money on that? And I never want to be in a relationship like that. I feel like if I make my own money, I can do what I want. And he makes his money. And we kind of just leave it as that right now. You know, we're not really like, worried about that. that but what if your man comes to you and mm -hmm. says we got this three million dollar house this seven million dollar house we can buy right now but i'm gonna need you to put a 50 on that down payment oh no honey uh-uh no oh wait. no <laughs> wait oh okay okay so what's oh so what's yours is mine and what's mine, mine is mine, is mine. <laughs> No, I feel like what's yours is yours. What's mine is mine. And I feel like we've only been together a year. Um, if he was in a position where he needed help with anything, of course, I would be there for him and I would hope vice versa. But I just feel like right now, I don't know. Like I own a home in Florida, but we live in Pennsylvania together because that's where he's from and his kids are here. Um, but I still have a house in Florida. That's just mine. Um, yeah. So you always have a hope pad, though. Yeah. My my grandmother always said you have a hope pad. You keep a little <laughs> space just for yourself, even if it's like a shack somewhere. Sure. And you get like two friends or three friends to invest in a hope pad just in case one of you has to pull the parachute one day and get out. Yeah, I love that little hope pad. I'm obsessed. <laughs> this is my hope pad. <laughs> I this love is that. I will forever have my little hope pad. I get my sister's living there. She takes care of it for me. And you know, if I ever want to go, which I do, you know, maybe once a month, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go down to Florida, <laughs> do my thing, hang out with my sister. It's just great. So, what was your schedule? Because he is also in the WWE. Yes. So you guys were traveling. How many months out of the year before quarantine hit? 
52 weeks a year. We don't have an off season. Wait, hold on, hold on. So you guys flip and tumble and crack and whip and punch and kick <laughs> 52 weeks out of the year. 52 weeks a year. This is the first time in seven years that I've had any time to just like be like, I'm sitting at home and I'm just relaxing. I'm like, this is so wild. At first I was going nuts. Cause like I said, 52 weeks a year, four or five days a week, we're on the road. Then you're home for maybe two days to like get home, unpack, do laundry, repack. You're on the road again for, um, well, I did that for five years straight, five years. No, I never been injured. I've never had time off nothing. So it was such a drastic change to go from all of that to just, you know, doing nothing. First of all, I'd be faking some injuries to go sit my ass <laughs> in Miami. Okay. I would always I have that. the same neck issue because nobody's sending me off a top rope with a neck brace. Okay. Um, but what's it like? Because I know when people that are in quarantine couples mm -hmm. who are normally one of them lives a fast life. Who's always gone or both of them lives a fast life. Who's always gone to all of a sudden be stuck in a home together, not really stuck, but forced in a home together yeah. for an extended amount of time. How hard was that for you to adjust with your man? Well, so we just moved in together the end of December. So we were only living together maybe three months till we started getting quarantine or yeah, till the quarantine started. And at first, it was weird, but if anything, I think it brought us closer together. We just have really mm. enjoyed our time together and just we're turning into this like old married couple. Like we wake up, we have coffee together, we go for a bike ride or we go walk our dog. We watch like Jeopardy and Family Feud and like Wheel of Fortune and then we go to bed and it's like I never imagined this for my life, but we're just loving it. Are you going to miss it? Because Something about being on the road, like I like a business trip because I like a business trip booty call. <laughs> you know, I got I got hoes in different area codes. Oh I yeah, mean. I love that. Um, which I know when you were single in 27, 28, and you went to Tallahassee, you had a dude in Tallahassee. You know, we all have like we all have that one dude in like that major city where we know we're gonna go all the time. You know, is it gonna make you miss? Like having this three months, having this four months, whatever, how many time, how much time it's going to be to really connect with him and to give that all up to go back on the road. Are you going to start second guessing your career? I think even being in quarantine, not that I've second guessed my career, but I just felt like I'm such a career woman. I just am like work, work, work. That's all I've ever done for like, just put work first. And I realized over these last few months, like, being with my boyfriend, being with his kids and just this family life, it's just really opened my mind to realize, okay, this is actually what's most important in life. Work is fine, but at the same time, I mean, I'll definitely miss this downtime. I will. Girl, don't let your man hear you say that. <laughs> I mean, trust me, like once I get back to the grind and on the road again, I, I'm sure I'll just jump right back into it and it'll be great. But I will always like, you know, I'll cherish this time. What's your advice to women who are in a newer relationship that are stuck at home with their man looking at his nasty ass? And <laughs> at this point, if he breathes too hard, you want to snap right. his mother totally. neck. 100%. Well, I, A, I feel like if you already had like a rocky relationship 
prior to quarantine, this is just going to solidify that. So I feel like if you can't make it through quarantine with your partner, then they're not the right partner. For, not to say like my boyfriend and I haven't had a few like little tiffs or anything like yeah. that, because 100. I mean, that's only normal, right? But yeah. I feel like we haven't bitten each other's heads off because we're both like open and honest. Like if he does something to piss me off, I have to tell him and vice versa. Because if I hold that in, then all of a sudden I'm going to explode over something that's not even a big deal. And that's yes. something I had to talk to him about because he holds things in. So then all of a sudden he, he gets mad about something I did like six weeks ago. And I'm like, hello, like, I don't, how am I supposed to know? I can't read your mind. So but that's a man. That's a man. That's true. But he's gotten so much better. So I feel like you have to just be honest and talk, have open conversations and it might suck, but you'll get through it, you know? So you're training your dragon. You're basically training your dragon. Right oh, yes, now. honey. I am such a good trainer. And he's such a good little pet. You know, he's learning. You know, he's, well. ready. <laughs> he's ready. He's ready. <laughs> what do you say to a woman who is because I'm an independent bitch and I like my own space. And I find that I date people who also are independent or busy to where like I can live my best life. And, you know, now being in confinement because I was supposed to be with somebody, ooh, this is going to be crazy. But I kind of broke it off because I know that he would want me to be, you know, glued to him at all times, oh, but okay. I'm just not that person. Mm -hmm. What do you say to the woman who's finding it hard to find that balance? I'm the same way. So I'm, I love to just be busy and do my own thing. I'm a homebody. I like yeah. to be on my own schedule. If I want to go do something, I'm just going to go do it. And that's something that my boyfriend is so opposite. So he likes, to, he wants to be around each other all the time and, you know, do things together. And that's something like, because I, like I said, I have my little hoe pad, as you call it, in Florida. Yeah. So when I got to a point where I felt like I'm like, okay, I've been in this house for so long. I need to go see my sister and just need some interaction with somebody who's not you. He he definitely got annoyed at first. But I'm like, I came back and I was so much happier. I was myself. And it was just a few days just hanging out with my sister, just literally sitting on the couch drinking wine and chatting, just being with her. I came home and I was a much better version of myself. And he saw that. So I think now he's starting to understand, like, I need some time alone. And when yeah. I get that, I'm a better girlfriend for you and a better partner. So but how, but how do you say it? Like, how do you say, like, do you lie? Cause you know, no, white lie, you never hurt nobody. Lie. I agree. But I feel like all the little white lies will eventually add up to like some big, it'll combust. I hate lying. So I just have to be honest. I just say, you know what? Like, I feel like for me, for my soul, I need to go see my sister. I need to be with her. I just need to laugh and just need some girl time. And he, he wasn't having it at first, but then, like I said, I came back and he was like, Oh, Okay. Like, so you just have to be honest. Like, I'm sick of seeing her face right now and I need to go see someone else's. <laughs> as handsome as you are, I need a, a little break. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. When I'm in a relationship, oh my God, this is going to be TMI. And if anybody <laughs> does not want to hear this, I if you have like a weak stomach, get the f*** off the phone. Okay. <laughs> 
I've been in a two and a half year relationship, a 10 month relationship and a year relationship. And the one thing I cannot do in front of a man or in the presence of a man is do the number two. Oh yeah. I'm with you. I'm like with you. if I'm on vacation, I will rent another hotel room across the hallway without him knowing. Oh yeah. In order to run in there and do my thing. Or I'll get up in the morning and I'll like go to the gym by go myself. To the gym. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talk to the game manager because I know <laughs> like we've like made friends and like explain my situation. So to be in quarantine with somebody right now, like not being able to live freely as I, you know, should be living yep. freely. Meanwhile, I'm on all these probiotics. Like, I don't know how <laughs> I would make it. It's so funny you're saying this because this was a topic of conversation we had on last week's podcast, talking all about bodily functions. Because my boyfriend, you can't talk about anything like that in front of him. He has a weak stomach. So if you even say like, if I'm like, I have a stomach ache, he's like, I don't want to know. Like you can't, can't even you. talk about. Yeah. So that was something that was super difficult for me, especially because we'd be in um, hotel rooms together and staying together yeah. on the road. I, I I would get like the worst stomach ache for like five days. Cause I'm like, I'm with you every second of the day. I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, can you leave? Like, can you leave? <laughs> I once went to Mykonos with this dude and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. We're in a villa in the middle of nowhere with like six people. So then I was like, I'm just going to make it through the day. I'm not going to figure this out. My body and my mind, for some reason, are in sync. Oh, well, you're very lucky. I did not. Nope, not once. Like, I didn't even think about it for six days. Got on the flight back home. He was like, let's stop in London for two nights. I'm like, (gasps) I was like, I just... I like, I like miss my dog. I'm like, I miss my dog. He's like, you don't even have any animals. What are you talking about? So we stay, you know, I want to be like the good boyfriend. And I stay in London for two more days. And I'm like, oh oh my God. So then I get on the flight to LA and I'm like, I'm going to knock myself out in hopes that like, whenever I'm just going to sleep for, you know, the 10 hours, I'm not going to think about anything. I'm going to eat a nice light dinner. And the lady comes on and she's like, Tonight's dinner is chicken tikka masala. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I can't do it. Oh my God. That's the worst. Eight days. Oh my God. That is awful. That's like, that sounds like me with my boyfriend though. Like we, I'll, we, one time we were on the road for a few days. Then we went to Boston for a few days and we were supposed to go to like a Red Sox game, do the whole thing. We got in a little fight the last night we were supposed to be there. Then he was supposed to go back home to Connecticut. I was going to go to Florida. And mind you, I'd been with him five days, have not gone to the bathroom. So the next morning, he's like, I'm so sorry about last night. Like, let's have one more night together. He's like, come home with me to Connecticut and then I'll fly you home the next day. And I was like, no, I can't do it. And he was so mad at me that I wouldn't go. So finally, I had to just explain to him, like, I, I'm at the airport to go home. And I was like, I'm so sorry, but I just haven't gone to the bathroom in six days. <laughs> By the way, you're like this. I picked that fight with you so I can go home and take a <laughs> <laughs> He was like, well, why didn't you just tell me that? I'm like, because you don't like talking about it. I feel like I couldn't tell you. It was like so awful. <laughs> He's like, damn, I didn't know it was that hard to talk to. And ladies, this is why you need a hope hat, oh, also known as a thought spot, <laughs> also known as a slut hut. Okay. Oh my God. I'm obsessed. A slut you hut. You need it. You need a slut hut. And not to like, not to do nasty things. No. Just to like 
I have like my colognes out. Sure. I have like, you know, like all like my how cute- you want it, you know? Yes. It's like so cute and you like, yeah, no one's telling you you can't put that there. No, it's yours. Is there anything that you learned about yourself or about your man that surprised you during this quarantine? I feel like I learned about myself that I am not as high maintenance as I thought I was. I will say that. The fact that I was like always getting my hair done, my nails done, massage, like, you know, trying to take care of myself and all of that. I'm like, maybe I'm not as bougie as I thought. So I learned that about myself. Oh no, you're that girl. You're that girl. <laughs> who gets with a man and he's like, yeah, bro, but I just like that. You're so laid back and you're so chill and you like like sweatpants and stuff. And then you start buying into it. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, that's yes. not what I mean. I just mean like, I think because I haven't been working as much, I feel like I don't have to keep up with this, I don't know, image that we're supposed to portray to mm-hmm. the world. And I, I know that sounds shallow but i just feel like that's like that's the job that i'm in that's the image we're supposed to portray you always have to look a certain way be a certain way be on and i realized you know i don't need to do that like i'm just me trust me i love getting full glam i love the hair i mean i still have my nails and i have nowhere to go but my nails are done but i don't know (laughs) you better (laughs) but i just feel like maybe i'm not as high maintenance as i once thought i was or maybe i am i don't know it's so crazy that you bring up, you're still that high maintenance, trust me. <laughs> um, and we all miss a good beat. We all we, miss Oh my God, like a good beat. highlight. I cannot do a good highlighter. I can't. Ooh, when they touch that nose with that contour Ooh. brush one time, the first time I'm going to cry. I'm going <laughs> to cry when I get my makeup done. Seriously. It's so crazy um, because I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and she was you know, it's always about getting the perfect photo for social media when it comes to she and her man. Mm-hmm. And I always fight with her. I'm like, yo, like, you're going to run yourself wild trying to, like, please people and trying to put on this facade. What's it like? And she's not even in the public eye. Like, she's not a right. celebrity by any means. She just has 1,600 followers and <laughs> she wants to look perfect all the time. Right. At what point in your relationship did you stop trying to look or present that everything was perfect on social media. Because, you know, you date that hot Matt Polinsky. God, no. Oh, he's such a babe. (gasps) Is that a net tattoo I saw in a photo? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Where is he from? He's from Pittsburgh. Oh. Yes, honey. Let me just. uh. Now let's also pour one out for all the D I'm not getting. Um, no, but I think like to your question, your question about how, um, portraying this perfect life or this perfect relationship from the beginning, it was never perfect. So I think that if anything, maybe took pressure off the fact that we had to act like we have this perfect relationship. Cause from the beginning it was from what everyone yeah. else thought. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of yeah. like, oh damn, all these people already think all these negative things. So like, we can't really do anything wrong. So I think we kind of if I could take one thing out of that whole mess, then it's like, I'll take it, you know? I'm looking at this photo of this man. Y'all need to Google Matt Polinsky with a denim um, cutoff vest. <laughs> that was back in his wrestling days. Oh my Ooh, God. I did not even know they made him like that in Pittsburgh. <laughs> He, uh, I just can't. Even when I first met him, like when I first started wrestling, like 
I just like for this guy from afar, I was like, oh, he's a babe. I had a boyfriend at that time, but I was like, mm. so the fact that I even ended up with him is like points for me. <laughs> Girl, you knew you already had it. Okay. <laughs> you knew you were just like, I'm just going to wait until he's single. I'll wait that shit out. Wait that shit out. <laughs> by the way, to your point, like it sucks that like people thought that there was some infidelity and it was so stupid, but like I know as well as you know, you lose them how you get them. And I don't want to yeah. get somebody like that because I'm going to end up losing them like that. 100%. Totally. And I would never, I could never be with somebody who would be like that, you know? I just couldn't. So I don't and know. People can think whatever they want. Karma is a bitch and always works itself out. I always say that. So I just let it do its job. I've been bit by her a few times in my younger years. <laughs> sure. I swear she taught me a, some, a few good lessons when I was younger and I didn't realize them until I was a tiny bit older, but I really believe in Carmen. I believe the universe will hand you back, you know, what you've kind of taken from yeah, her. Yeah, what like, you oh. deserve. Yeah. It always mm -hmm. works out. And that's why, I, like, at the time, you know, I was, like, really going through it. And my mom, my friends, my family, all, you know, it, it all work itself out. What goes around comes around. So... Um, tell me about this wine. Ooh. My producer would not tell me. She was like, I'm not telling you what the wine is called. She has to tell you because she has to tell you what it means and you will die. So it's called Capo Cagna, which means boss bitch in Italian. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's been something that I've been working on for years. And finally, um, it came into fruition. We launched in October. And you can get it online, um, which has really been great during quarantine because people are, can't leave their home. So you can get the wine delivered right to your front door. And it's just something like I try to think of what I like to do outside of work, outside of wrestling. Drink. Well, I like to drink, so I might as well get into that business. And <laughs> I like wine, but I'm not a wine snob. Like that's what our whole tagline is. It's caution, not for wine snobs. Because if you're sitting there drinking your wine, you're like, I taste notes of wood and cedar and dog fur, whatever the hell you taste I'm notes like, of in your I'm like, what, what kind of wine you drinking, bitch? Because I've never had a wine with wood, dog fur, or cedar. Well, that's what I feel like these wine snobs sound like. You know, they're like, mm, I smell. I'm like, no, you, you know you don't. Like, how do you taste a hint of wood in your wine? I don't know. So I know nothing about that. All I know is I like a good wine. I don't want to spend a lot of money on my wine. And that's what this is. It makes you feel like you're a little bougie, but if you're on a budget. And what kind of wine is it? Like, is it a red? Is it a white? I have a red and a white. So I have a Cabernet and a Chardonnay. And I'm hoping to maybe by next year have a rosé. But right now I'm just trying to focus. It's small. We're starting out small. And um, we'll go from there. That's amazing. Um, you know, I've been a part of, I worked for a woman who was on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for five years. Oh, okay. And, then, you know, being on my own show now, I feel like sometimes we see each other so much that this quarantine has been really nice for us. Totally. Yeah. Like I'm like, I, I, I miss you guys, but I don't want to talk <laughs> to you every day because we've been together for three years every morning at 630. You see me at my worst. Sure. Do you still keep up with the girls from Total Divas during this quarantine? Or are you on um, intermittent fasting from them? <laughs> I love a good intermittent fast. Let me just tell you that. Love. But um, for the most part, I have been keeping in touch with them. Like, I feel like those girls, that sounds so cliche to say, but they're like my sisters. Like, we we were on the road together four or five days a week for years. You see them more than you see your own wow. family. So I don't know. When I don't talk to them, it's weird. So I love I love keeping in touch with them. 
Are you flying four or five days a week or are you on a bus? You fly, so you fly into the city. Usually it would be on a Saturday and then you drive yourself to the cities. So it's like you're on a mini tour every week. You drive yourself and then on uh, Wednesdays you would fly home. So then basically then you're home for Thursday and Friday. Then you fly back out on Saturday and then you drive, then you fly. It's, it's a whole thing. So they're flying you to New York, but you go to Rochester and Buffalo in Buffalo, one trip. Yeah. And then maybe you end up in Pittsburgh and then you fly home from Pittsburgh or wherever. So there's usually four different cities. Wow. Mm -hmm. I used nice. to want to be a wrestler back in the day. Really? I wouldn't be in NWO. Okay. I would have been <laughs> in, um, what's that? Triple X. What was that? Oh, Generation DX. X. Yeah. Generation X. Yes. I would have oh, been yes. in Generation X. Okay. Or I would have been um I would have been the guy at the front desk at Paul Bear's funeral home mortuary. Oh so I would have been with Oh my god, Bear. I'm obsessed. I love that. Right? <laughs> Cuz for some reason, like I would never be the undertaker. I would just be the dude who would talk in front of the undertaker. Sure. And then hide behind him. And then hide behind yes. him when I love it. when Kane comes out to yes. fight. I'm I gone. love it. Oh my God. I cannot even tell you like rethinking my childhood and going through like all of it. Isn't it so funny? Everyone can relate to it because everyone remembers who they watched when they were kids. You know, it's so funny. Like who was yours? Mine was Miss Elizabeth. I was obsessed with her. She was married or at one point married a macho man. And like oh my macho God, man would put her on his shoulder yes, and yes. she'd wave. And she was just so fabulous. And to me, I was like, oh, that's my bitch. Like, I loved her. How crazy that like you, you know, immortalized a woman in wrestling and women were never in the ring. Unless they were side like, chicks. Or they were panties. Yeah. Like yeah. They were, yeah. What's it like to now be a part of something that allows women to be just as badass as men? It's so cool. Like, because I idolized Miss Elizabeth when I was a kid, my dad was a wrestler. So that's why I watched it growing up. Because oh, he, really? he did it. He was no one big or anything like that, but he, you know, wrestled on TV. And so, and he would always say, Oh, you need to be a diva. You need to be. In it. But that was back when like women were just in bra and panties. And I was like, I'm not, I don't want to do that. Um, so then when it started, shifting i was like that's when i started getting involved and to me Cause china because china came on the scene china was a bad bitch you know and china like, was a bad bitch she was a bad bitch and to see you know for everything that she did in her career was just amazing and to now be a part of this shift and this change for the women and to know like okay the women are main eventing and it's to a point where it's not even a big deal that the women are the main event anymore Whereas before, it'd be like, oh my gosh, the women are the main event tonight, or the first time ever the women have a Royal Rumble match, or and now we're so far past these first ever's, and it's just, oh yeah, the women are the main event, no big deal. And I love that we're finally at that point where we're just equal. It's nothing that we're doing is even a big deal. I mean, we went through everything that was a big deal. Oh, like I got to be the first Miss Money in the Bank and do all of these cool things, the first ever's, but mm -hmm. now we're past those first ever's, and. It's just normal now for all the, the women to be kicking ass. I feel like the women are bigger than the men. They're such a draw. And, you know, it's really cool to be a part of Total Divas because to now show, 
you know, there's this whole new audience that we get from E to be able to come over and watch. Oh, like, I want to see what these women do. And, you know, the women are such a big draw now. And, you know, we had Ronda Rousey and she was such a big name. And it's just, it's really cool to, you know, be a woman in the WWE right now. For sure. Uh, this is so crazy. Oh, my God. We just go back to my childhood one for one second. I remember like watching and like they wouldn't tell you like back in the day, there was no like um, if you didn't get the TV guide, you didn't know who was wrestling that day. Sure, Yeah. But but every now and then you would hear that like glass break and it would be Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out like oh, to like yeah. to like up like with the beer two beer cans and he would oh, like yeah. run up on people's matches and it was amazing. Totally. He's the man. That was everything. I forgot about The Rock, too. The Rock? Like, come on. And it's cool because these guys still come back every now and then. So, like, like to have stars like that come back, when you're out there and you hear that music, there's nothing like it. Because there'll never be any stars as big as Stone Cold or as big as The Rock. Like, they're just, like, here, you know? They're the cream of the crop. Oh, my God. Cage matches. <laughs> Hell in a Cell. Remember those? Oh, yeah. They still do them. We still do them. It was like crazy. Jerry, what's Jerry? What's Jerry's last name? Jerry Lawler. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is like, it's crazy because you're a part of an institution that like everybody knows. It's like being a NASCAR driver. Even if you don't watch NASCAR, you understand what NASCAR is. is. Yep. That's a great analogy, actually, because it's true when people ask what I do. You know, I say, oh, I work for WWE. And sometimes they might not necessarily know, but, oh, you know, John Cena, you know, Hulk Hogan, like whatever. And they're like, oh, yeah, of course. You know, there's not anyone who doesn't know like what wrestling is, professional wrestling. So it's mm-hmm. wild. But sometimes I will say I get offended when people are like, oh, do you like hold the little round cards and like tell them what round they're? I'm like, no, bitch. We don't, A, don't have those. And B, I kick ass. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, so there's bye. a gay dude. There's a gay dude named Justin Sylvester who does that now. And I'll be on the ring <laughs> Oh my God, you'd be the best card boy. I love it. I would totally, but this is my problem. This is why I can't be a card boy because I would have a few drinks waiting on the side for me. <laughs> so about by, by round four, I would be so lit. They'd be dragging me out of like, literally Paul Bear would come back from the dead to drag me out of that thing. I'm dead. Oh my God, that's amazing. It's, oh my God, I can like, I just can't believe I like suppressed all those things. Like, you know, Brett Michael. Well, yeah, and it's things that you don't like, why would you be thinking about wrestling, you know? But then all of a sudden when you do, it just comes back. It's crazy. What's the average lifespan of a wrestler? Like, oh, it, career span? It just depends. Like like I said, The Rock comes back sometimes. So Cole comes back sometimes. Um, Ric Flair still comes back. So it just depends. For women, I feel like it is a much shorter because, you know, if you want to have kids, that's Unfortunately, you can't wrestle while you have kids. You can come back after, but a lot of women don't do that. They don't want to leave, you know, their kids at home, which I understand. Um, so it just all depends. I love this conversation. Oh, this is so fun. This You're was so the easy bomb. to talk to. You're awesome. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. Tell everybody where they can find Bear With Us. So you can find Bear With Us, B-A-R-E, with us on anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, it comes out every single Thursday. And yeah, I hope you guys like it as much as I do. And where can I get this wine at? Because you know I'm going to order it today. Capocagna.com. C-A-P-O-C-A-G-N-A. But only order it if you're not a wine snob. Because I don't want any wine snobs drinking my wine. Watch me get in and be like, damn, this is the bomb. (laughs) It's amazing. Especially if every bottle is less than 20 bucks. 
So it's it's amazing. I taste hints of rabbit foot <laughs> and cholera in this oh wine. Rabbit foot. I'm done. Oh, I love it. Oh my god, I can really, really taste the Vaseline here. <laughs> Vaseline in my wine. Right? Uh -uh. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Uh -uh. Oh my God, I love it. I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Vanessa? Yes? Does your man know when you take a number, dude? Yes. I can't believe that. I can't do it. I really can't do it. Well, listen, after being married for eight years, you cannot have a stomachache like that. Like, it's crazy. But it's so funny. I was dying laughing. You guys were talking because the very first trip we went together out of town, we were going to Palm Springs. We were at the Parker. And, you know, like the bathroom doors are just like French doors that you can see and hear everything yeah. through. And yeah. I was so stressed out that I was finally just like, OK, I'm going to say something. So we're on our way. We're driving. And I finally just said to him. If I get up and go to the lobby for no reason, don't ask me where I'm going. And he just like, started dying laughing. We both started dying laughing. And then, of course, first thing in the morning, he got up. And I was like, where are you going? He's like, to the lobby. And it really just like kind of cleared the air. And we both kind of knew what that meant. And we didn't have to like be weird about it or whatever. So we had that conversation really quickly. How long have you guys been together? We've been together for 10 years, married eight. Do you still go to the lobby? No. You see, that's where you're f***ing <laughs> up in your marriage. That's where you have messed up in your marriage. You should still be going to the lobby. Oh, no, no. Neither your man me. should never see you well, he like see me. I mean, I close the door. We have like a designated, like, you know, there's a bathroom downstairs. It's always like, that's the poop bathroom. You know, everybody kind of knows. It's like the half bath that's like off to the side. <laughs> I will forever hide that in my marriage. That's funny. I think uh, Leah, is, she was awesome though. And like the the whole story about the pandas in quarantine, they're both so hot. I mean, you could just imagine that they would be like getting it on like crazy. So it's hilarious. That she was 100%. I love too what you guys were saying. Isn't it funny though, when you do talk about the WWE or wrestling or whatever, like even if you don't follow it anymore, there is some weird like childhood nostalgia that comes up with it when you start to think about like the characters and like everyone knows what it is. No, for sure. There's no way you didn't have at least one action figure from the WWE or one person yeah. that you were crushing on. Because, by the way, like as a gay youth, as a child, to see sweaty men in underwear and th not the high, like thigh high boots, like yeah. I was like, yes, like <laughs> right. I'll watch WWE, right. Dad. Right. It's a gay man's dream, right? <laughs> you know, it was like a young gay man's dream because like we never had like. This is going to be crazy. Do you remember back in the day when HBO did um, Real Sex? Yes. Mm -hmm. So, real like, again, you know, I grew up, I was born in 1986. So the 90s were like my formative years in the early 2000s. And, mm -hmm. you know, Skinamax was like, when all the little 13-year-old boys were trying to watch Skinamax. Yeah. And like yeah. trying to like, you know, peep a pay-per-view situation. Right. They were only showing women. Like, it was just boobs. And, like, boobs didn't do anything for me. Right, right. And I, you know, wrestling. And every now and then HBO would have a real sex thing. And yeah. you could see, like, a man or hear about a gay story at a swingers retreat or something. Yeah, yeah. Those were, like, my my two things. That oh, and a Calvin Klein underwear uh, box. 
I forgot about that show. Oh my God. Now that you said that, all these like images are flashing back in my head. I know for sure. Like it was like the only thing that you could like really yeah. see. Cause you know, you like, even my mom would be like, I can't believe they just show women like that on TV. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, everyone thought she was like appalled that like, you know, to us, we were like, yeah, we can't believe they only like they show women like that. But she was meaning, I can't believe they don't make men show themselves. On right. Tomorrow. As well. <laughs> yeah. Like I never really thought about wrestling that much. And I never really thought like what it meant to me to like watch those things like mm -hmm. and why I watched them. Like I didn't watch them for the violence, girl. I wanted to see Bret Hart in that spandex. That's funny. That's a funny realization, right? Mm -hmm. wow. But it also like it's weird because like. What I normally date in my life is dark-haired, olive-skinned men. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite wrestlers at the time was dark-haired, olive-skinned. Mm. So now I'm like looking at the comparisons, like, yeah, you know, like when I... you're 13 years old and you're going through that puberty moment, like mm -hmm. you look back at the things that you were, that were put in your face that at some point, you know, I thought they were like, oh, I thought they had good hair and they were muscular, but really, I just really like, I was, in, I was crushing on them. Wow. It's crazy. That is crazy. I love that. Isn't it wild? It is. But that shows like, yeah, it's like kind of like where your mind, your body knew your taste back then, even if you didn't yet. Oh my God. My mind <laughs> knew some crazy. <laughs> when I think back on like some of the things like, and like when people are like, I didn't know you were gay. I'm like, bitch. Like I'm thinking back on the times where I was like, I can't believe I was that gay. Right. Like you felt like it was obvious to other people. I thought it was super obvious to other people. I knew it was super obvious to other people, but it mm -hmm. probably subconsciously, I wanted it to be super obvious because I didn't want to hide anymore. Right, right. I didn't want to run. And like, I never had the balls to just come out and say it ever. Yeah. But I just was like, at some point in my life, I was like, I just can't really hide this anymore. And it, it just seems so stupid to do that. Yeah. If that makes no. any sense. No, absolutely. And I think, well, and it was a different time, right? So now we've talked about this before and now it seems like there's a, a, a movement towards it being more accepted at a younger age than back then. 100%. You know? My friend, you know, he was like, you know, it must be so crazy to be like a black man going through everything right now. Right. And it also must be as an American also crazy no matter what party you support or no matter where you know your your um allegiance is because there's so much turmoil going on in the country that mm -hmm. like as an american it must be crazy but as a black man it must be crazy and i was like yeah but you know when i was a child i was black and gay in a very segregated place right right and i can't even unpack that for you because out of the fear, like I went there with my sip with Nina. I totally went yeah. there. Yeah. And I, you know, I went there. But there are things that I can't even say because I wouldn't want my mother to even have to deal with it. Like right. the feelings that I had, the things that I went through at the hands of other kids. Like I couldn't do it until 50 years from now. My mother's 110 and she can't read. Mm -hmm. or she don't know what day it is. Mm -hmm. Maybe. And I only say that because... Yes, it is hard for us right now. It really is. Yeah. It's hard for an yeah. American. It's hard for a black American. But damn, it wasn't that as hard as a black gay teen in South in the South Louisiana. Like, right. It was nuts. Right. It was nuts. 
And don't you think it's interesting and, and kind of beautiful and kind of symbolic that these two um, major kind of movements are crossing like with pride and all black lives matter and and black like all at this like same symbolic time in 2020 i don't think it's symbolic what i think it is it was the it was god's way of saying you need to stop marginalizing people yes. hurt people hurt people and if you as a black person say all black lives matters you can't say that without saying black trans lives matter because right. Right. It defeats the purpose. Right. You know of what course. I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. It defeats the purpose. So yeah. yes, I will help you through this movement. I will give a pandemic and I will send the murder hornets and God damn it, I'm going to send the aliens in July. But <laughs> all your, I will... all your conspiracy theories, I always see you posting. <laughs> oh, I'm about to get to another one. But Your dust cloud. The dust cloud is coming. The <laughs> asteroid is going to like pass right by us. It's all of these things that are like, the universe is like, I am sending these things to you so you guys can start loving one another and start and wake up. Yeah. And wake up. Like mm -hmm. you need to be so woke at this yeah. moment that you need to stop seeing color. You need to stop seeing sexuality. You need to stop seeing gender. You know what I mean? Right. right. I'm so proud that people are starting to recognize, mm -hmm. you know, trans lives black trans lives but i'm embarrassed that we didn't recognize them before that it took this long that it yeah. took this long yeah and we built our whole culture on freedom and you know not being oppressed and rising up yet we cannot pick the hand up of a trans brother or sister is weird and whack everybody keeps on saying why are Brianna Taylor and why are Elijah McCain so different? Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna read a, I'm gonna read a tweet because you know I host that Bravo thing, um, Amplify mm -hmm. Voices. It's amazing. It's I'm so proud to do that. And yeah. we get people from all walks of life, all different shows. We had an ally on the other day, and we talk about all these things, and we talk about it in a very frank way because, frankly, we need to have these conversations. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I read this tweet from this woman who said, and she was obviously, I'm going to call her a Karen. I was going to say, was she a Karen? Well, you tell me if she was a Karen. Okay. What about our voices? Question mark. They are always silenced. Exclamation mark. Why all of a sudden you black people coming out of the woodwork thinking you can get away with anything, period. It's BS. Exclamation mark. We all bleed the same blood, exclamation mark. Teach your black community to just obey the law. Don't resist, etc. question mark. You know the people I'm talking about. Don't be stupid. To which someone replied, double hands. Ugh. You know where it got me right out the gate? Not like the you, mm -hmm, you people. Mm -hmm, like that mm -hmm. infuriates me. That's mm -hmm. a beyond a Karen. Mm -hmm. And this is why Ugh. we are having these conversations for these two people who decided that they needed to step into the comments on something that was supposed to be positive and uplifting. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to break this down bit by bit. When she says, what about our voices? I'm going to be honest. White voices have been the loudest voices mm -hmm. for about a century. Now. Yep. Yep. 
That's someone who fully does not understand anything about white privilege. So in denial. In denial. In denial. They are always silenced. I have never in my life, a white woman got killed in Italy. And I have seen 17 documentaries on it. Yeah. It's called Amanda Knox. Mm -hmm. That story was not silenced. I have watched 17 stories about Dan Broderick. There was two Lifetime movies. There's a Bravo TV show. There's several books about Dan Broderick who died at the hands of a white woman. We are, I watched Dateline. Those people's Mm -hmm. stories are not silenced. They're not silenced. Mm -hmm. I watched them Mm -hmm. time and time again, but boo. So that's BS. Mm -hmm. Why all of a sudden you black people coming out of the woodwork thinking you can get away with anything? Well, to answer the first part of that about that, while all of a sudden you black people are coming out of the woodwork, because now we have allies. Right. Now we have people who are not black coming out, standing with us and saying, I'm with you and I will help you get through this time. Tell me how I can help you. Right. This podcast. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you, everybody who works on here. We have told some really unbelievable stories from both sides. And that's why we feel like we can come out of the woodwork right now. I'm not going to go into the get away with everything thing, because obviously we cannot get away with everything. Right. Because right here in Aurora, there was a man walking down the street, going back to his house and he wore a hood and a mat and a, and a, and a, um, and a ski hat and mm-hmm. he got pulled over by the cops and he's no longer alive. So we cannot get a- away with everything. And that's in the same city that a man shot up a movie theater. A white man. A white man shot up a movie theater and got escorted yeah. to a police car and is still living today to talk about it. Yeah. We're also talking about two white people <laughs> sitting on their front lawns holding guns at protesters the other day. Oh yeah, the meme that's become of the two of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. While a black man paid for groceries with a, with a fake $20 bill and is not here to live to talk about it. So right. I don't think we can get away with anything. Mm, yeah. That's not what I would say. Maybe check your, maybe check, check your, check your sources. The ignorance is just mind blowing. The ignorance. My favorite part, we all bleed the same blood. Actually, you are correct. Mm-hmm. That's the one part about it that you are correct. Mm-hmm. So teach your community to just obey the law. Don't resist, etc. Well, I didn't know sleeping in your own home. Was Brianna resisting. Taylor mm-hmm. was illegal and resisting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know walking home from a convenience store in your own neighborhood because you're cold with a jacket on and maybe a hood over your head. If I want to walk around in a Pippi Longstockings meet Spider-Man get up every mm-hmm. day of my life, I'm allowed yeah. to. So I didn't really understand the tweet. Yeah. But now that I have broken it down, it makes sense to me that this person is delusional. Mm-hmm. And also afraid to admit certain things because she's afraid her own existence might garner some guilt. Right. They don't want to admit the guilt or accept the guilt or even accept the privilege because along with that, then the guilt kicks in. 100%. And I have said this time and time again, I think everybody gets it wrong. I have certainly got it wrong Mm -hmm. throughout this Mm -hmm. process. I have certainly asked the wrong questions to people. Mm But I'm learning as I go. I'm learning as a member of the alphabet people, as Dave Chappelle calls us, the LGBTQ plus community. I'm learning something new every day. 
even right. about gay men, right? Pronouns, things of that nature. But I'm asking the questions. So my yeah. question to you, lady on Instagram under Bravo's thing, are you asking the questions? Probably not. Are you asking yourself the real questions? Like, what is this really about? You know? Yeah. And I'm sorry that George Floyd had to die. And I'm really sorry that Breonna Taylor is not alive to see her 27th birthday. That was three weeks ago. And I'm really sad that people in Aurora won't be able to see or feel or experience Elijah's kindness or his violin or yeah. his massage therapy or, or his kind heart. Mm -hmm. But those people's lives started a revolution that I think and I hope will change a lot. And I don't think it's white versus black. I think what it is is us versus people who are not willing to accept that we are all equal. Exactly. Let me just let y'all know. I know some white women riding hard right now, ready to go to war with us. I know some 25-year-old kids who are not black, ready to go to war with us. Mm -hmm. I know some people of trans experience, ready to go to war with us. I know some white men who are like, I cannot believe this is happening. I know people of all races that are ready to go to war with us because they understand that this is not about race. This is about human decency. So do the right thing. Talk to the right people. Have those uncomfortable conversations. But most importantly, open at least one eye and just take a gander at what's going on and listen to what people are saying. I know we're passionate people. We get loud, but that's the only way we're really heard, you know? We have to be loud. I love that you said we. That brings it here to my eye. Because you get it, bitch. I get it. As much as I can get it as a white woman, I get it. But you're right. It's we, you know? When I heard that song, it's not called Black People Are the World. It's called We Are the World, you know? I love that song. Oh, my God. I cried Ted the other day. <laughs> oh, did I you really? Literally, oh, my God. I cried to it the other day. It, like, took me for a minute, you know? And it's going to be good. It's going to be, I don't know. We really have to do it. I don't want to do this again in 10 years. I know. That's the thing. I, I, it, it is cyclical, but there's hope in the fact that this time, you know, feels different. 100%. And you know what? I'm going to challenge everybody this week. When you go home and instead of turning on MSNBC or Fox News or CNN, grab a newspaper. Read the news because reading the news is different than seeing the news. Mm -hmm. And it's not until you read the news that you really feel it. You really feel what is going on in the world, in politics, in pop culture. Like, read it. Read it from an unbiased source because that's where your idea and your own opinion will be formed. You know what I mean? Right. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Somebody gave me that little tidbit the other day and it was really informative. Yeah. That's interesting. It's the most important. It's the yeah. most important because people can spend some Because I see both sides. I can watch a news television program and see what side they're on and that's what they're all about. It's not yeah. about giving you the news anymore. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. All right. Well, we took a turn. I mean, uh, <laughs> an, an important turn, you know, we started talking about, you know, pooping in relationships to really things that actually matter in life. 
you know. We but. took we took a few turns, but you know what? Yeah. That's what Justice Sip is all about. I'm so proud to be on a show where we could take turns and go from highs to lows and laugh and cry and just really be us. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I thank everybody who works on the show because it's really been a labor of love and I really appreciate everybody. And I just appreciate everybody listening and tuning in every week because we do it for you guys. And thank you. And don't forget to rate, review, share this podcast with friends, share this podcast with people who need it right now, you know, share this podcast. If you don't want to have this uncomfortable conversation, girl, send this link and say, fast forward to our and 10 in. You need to listen. You need to hear this, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. um, let us know what subscribe and let us know what you liked, what you didn't like about this. Leave it in the comments. We are open to suggestions. And if you have any questions, follow me on Instagram at the lady sitter. I do a Q and a every Monday and Friday where you can ask me questions about anything, um, relevant going on and just come chill with me. I'm cool. I'm no question is the wrong question. Um, and that's it for this week and I'll see you guys next week how powerful is Cox Internet powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas Phoenix and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox it's internet built for tomorrow today Cox always building better download speeds up to one gigabit per second Cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection speeds vary and are not guaranteed Cox terms and other restrictions may apply